You're listening to You Don't Know Nick, the podcast, a podcast that explores the generational differences from Zoomers to Boomers as it relates to what's going on today. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Jessica Lynn Verde. And I'm Alex Mitchell. I know a lot about Middle Earth. Yeah, and I know that there were some rings or something. We're the hosts of the Podcast of the Rings. Join us as we deep dive into the lore of Middle Earth and cover the topics and people you might want to know about before the Rings of Power premieres on Amazon Prime, September 2nd. After that, we'll be doing an episode-by-episode recap and analysis once the series is live. Listen for a new episode every Tuesday. And until then, may our roads meet again. Elliot, me. Welcome to you don't know Nick. Okay, and we started. Yeah, it's happening. Okay. <laughs> yes. So you told me that the way your fellas do it over at your podcast is mm-hmm. you'll even record people just walking in the door and and uh, gangly and all. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, in the sense that we're already doing stuff. In oh. fact, this this week, this week we we did our second. I mean, I'm I'm saying this like, oh, you invented a thing. No, we did radio essentially, but we did our <laughs> second um, live episode because for the entire time that I've been with Never Not Funny, the only times that we've done live has been like Parcastathon or something along those lines, and then everything else. We record live to tape and we don't edit ums or do that would drive me insane, frankly. Um, we don't do any of that. Every once in a while, if a guest says, you know, I said something really, really double stupid. Can you remove that? Mm-hmm. And, and and we will do our best to subtly take take a thing out. But generally speaking, we're recording the whole time and then we take a break. We're not recording during the break. Right, um, right, right. But uh, but we will start the show um, when we start it. And then very often, most of the time, by design, um, the guest will arrive just prior to when we've finished the first segment. Great. And so when they open the door and come in, most of these folks are professional entertainers in one way or another. They've done interview shows. They've done radio. They've done whatever. And in those situations, it's very structured. You're in one room. Somebody comes and gets you. They sit you down in a break. They tell you what's happening. And then and then you begin to speak. And for us, you come in and we're already going. And theoretically, whoever our sort of assistant is has said, as soon as you go in there, we're recording. So just know that. And be, and, be aware. Yeah. And, and I, I think he does. I think Garen, who is on our program, does do that. I don't think every guest necessary. Like it, and it's in the email even. You know, as soon as you show up, once you come in, we're we're going. But I don't. It's I do think it's unusual, and I don't think it always lands in people's brains. Right. But our our whole goal is to make everybody comfortable, so comfortable that they're like they're just talking, and it kind of disappears. It's sort of like the reality TV kind of thing in a way, except we're not trying to get you, and we don't edit things around to make things look a different way than they actually were. But like. I've had to work very hard as the as the video producer to make the lighting as un, unobtrusive and, and unobvious as possible to the extent where like the cameras are kind of their, their gain is pushed up. So there's like grain and stuff, which drives me nuts. But it does make it so that so that there, there aren't a bunch of lights like you're on a TV set. That's where the globes that that, uh, that you've seen in the studio. You've been yeah, in the studio. that's where the globes come in. Those globes are 
are my subtle way of putting balanced lighting into the space wow. so that people can be lit enough and not look crazy business. Or like shadowed all over the place, but also exactly. not feel like they're on stage at the same time. 100%. Wow. 100%. Complicated, but I think that speaks to your personality. How do <laughs> I how do I do the thing that's probably the most complicated thing <laughs> to make it look like the thing I didn't do? And then, and then when I, when I can improve it, I will. But also, you the best part about that is you also know when to stop. You also know to go, I'm done now. I mean, at least for now, anyway. I, I can let <laughs> yeah. a thing go. I can let a thing go until the next time. Like, very recently, um, I had – I didn't have to. I made the decision that I wanted to update some equipment, and I had to wait for the right time because if things go wrong, you got to have, like a, like, a few days so that you can either roll things back or whatever. And I would put some new hardware in the computer, and I, cha I changed all the cables. So this is the thing I've wanted to do since I put this installation together. Uh, because the cables under the, the desk were going in weird ways and like my knee was hitting them and stuff like that. And for two or three years, Whoa. I've been dealing with not enough space in the desk because I came with a new desk with a new computer and it wasn't great. Uh, but nobody else had to deal with it. I was the only one who had to be annoyed and it was fine. So I just recently got like a bunch of matching cables. I have these little labels that have little numbers so I can tell which cable is which and all this kind of stuff. And I rerouted the whole darn thing. And, um, you know, so in that particular amount of time, I was like, all right, I got to do this now. This is now, now, now I'm no longer going to put up with this. Now everything's going to be as right as it can be now. And it's not perfect. Like the whole thing isn't perfect by any long shot, but now I have, I don't have cables on my knees. Right. Now I can sit at the desk and, and, and be fine and, and not have cables on my knees. You, I mean, and accidentally unplug a cable probably too. Well, it, it hasn't happened. But like you'd have to be cautious of that if yes. your knees are running into cables. So of this course, is 100% certain. you don't want to be thinking about that when you're producing something. Yep. So mm -hmm. if so, again, efficiency. Mm -hmm. But your brain can multitask. And oh, I'm actually super jealous of you with that sort of organization. <laughs> I uh, the one thing I can see there's like this whole area of my house that I'm yeah. going to that our, uh, our, our audience yes that our audience can't see it's where my TV is it's where mm -hmm. um, uh, basically a big like a couch of some sort yes a, a big bulky uh, coffee ta table a wooden couch that's half broken and <laughs> my desk so mm -hmm. the couch I was so excited to get and then within a month the middle leg oh. broke I was very yeah. disappointed it was a but brand new a brand new couch or one brand new couch but and I didn't know that I probably should have called somebody and said, <laughs> can you I, fix this or bring it, take it back well, or it's whatever. Wooden. And so I, what I did do was hire mm. a mutual friend of ours actually mm. to fix it. Okay. And within a couple of days of fixing, it fell off again because probably ah. because it's wooden, he didn't dowel it properly. And it was like a, Let's just put it this way. It wasn't even as comfortable of a couch as I thought it was going to be yeah, when I got right. the couch. So, so that's, the one thing that's like like alarm blaring when I wake up in the morning, like yeah. that couch sucks. The <laughs> the uh 
the area where this bulky coffee table is is surprisingly efficient because mm. I have a TV stand over here as opposed to mounting a TV. I think I've told you the story that the TV that I mounted on my wall originally fell. Yes. Um, yeah. It was because too big for the mount or something. Or you didn't no, I didn't know size. it was a plaster wall, so I uh-huh. used dry drywall screws. Uh-huh. I digress. Mm-hmm. So the there's a there's a um this is what makes this makes me happy. This is the only thing that makes me happy about this area. <laughs> there is a tray that is underneath the TV stand and yeah. it fits directly under the coffee table perfectly. So it's like meant to be there. Sure. But then and then you move to the left and here's this beautiful desk that I fucking almost put a screw through the day the first day I got it. So there's a little <laughs> bit of a little bit of the corkboard you know the press corkboard pushing through. But it's a beautiful desk. It's exactly mm. what I wanted. I waited okay. a month and a half to get it. Mm. You know, like looking online and I finally found it. All there are are wires everywhere, and there's wires over here, and and so I don't have the means yet to uh. solve it and make it the ergonomic situation that I really, really would like it to be. But yeah. I feel it on a physical level every day. Sure. The and it, dis- po- it, disarray. it pokes. It pokes a little bit. It does. It hurts. Creates little pokes. It hurts so bad. But at the same time, like my bed and everything's organized just sure. right. And uh, I didn't know I was this person. Let's put it this way. I'm just. Mm. I just didn't know. And and almost everything else in my physical space is organized to a point where I'm so pleased. This is just something interesting about being a person that's like, hey, look at me. I'm on the internet. Look, here's a video of me. Oh, sure. No one can see this, and that's fine. They can't see the crazy. (laughs) You can can assume that this is good. So uh, there's so many reasons why I enjoy being – well, I enjoy having you as one of my favorite friends. There's so many oh. things I could go into about that. But 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 there's some people that may not know you. And you did mm. say Never Not Funny. Mm. But Never Not Funny, just give us a really quick overview of that. Because, like, you guys did sure. podcasts before podcasts were podcasts. And- well, I mean, I mean, there there's definitely a – there's definitely, a, like, a historical platform there. There, there were like two or three comedy podcasts, but basically Never Not Funny is Jimmy Pardo. Comedian Jimmy Pardo is the host, and it, it's it's centered on him. Uh, Matt Belknap was the original producer, or he's still a producer, I should say. I'm the video producer. That's why I said it that way. I um, see. Okay. Uh, but uh, Matt was a fan of Jimmy and said, hey, people are doing these podcasts, but nobody's doing a comedy podcast to the best of his knowledge at that point. Uh, you should do a comedy podcast. And Jimmy's like, What? And so get out of my house, you get weirdo. Out of my, get yeah. out of my house, yeah. So so that's a very, very um abbreviated version of the story, but essentially Jimmy said, Okay, sure, whatever. I don't know what this is, but let's let's do it. And so they started doing it out of Jimmy's house and um people liked it. Uh I wanna say, oh, why I can't remember um Ricky Gervais was one of the early ones. Oh wow. Ethan the girl was one of the early ones. Say that again? Heath and the girl that's out of New York, I believe, or New Jersey. Okay. Um, and then other than that, I think there's some debate as to who was actually the first to take like the, the comedy talk show and make it a podcast because like up until Mark then, Marin or... yeah, exactly. Well, I don't, I'm going to argue that Mark Marin is not a comedy podcast. Mark Marin is an intense interview between a gentleman who's interested in another person and also himself and his cats and very interesting people. That, that's Mark Marin's show. Um, it's not comedy. Not really. I, I mean, agree. there may be like in life things are funny, but I don't think that 
ultimately that show is the same as ours. I put it I put it in the same rung as uh like a Stern. He's like in between yeah. Stern and Dax Shepard cuz he's I'm not familiar with the Dax Shepard program but I but love I, Dax I, Shepard's podcast okay. but mostly okay. because of his candor. Okay. Um and it's not like you always agree with the guy but even when he gets it wrong, he'll like pre preface the the episode going, "Hey, we recorded this a few months ago. My opinions are a little bit different, but we're just gonna air it the way that it is." And you know what I mean? I kind of like I kind of like that. He has sure. some privilege to do that as a millionaire. But, <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, but I like that. And Marin has that kind of candor too, mm-hmm. but less less um a purposely vulgar than a stern sure but, but i think, I think why, the, yeah interesting. the main the main difference is that Marin is more interview correct correct but you guys yeah. interview well so if it's somebody who we really know we ask questions about what's happening but it's not an interview in that sense and it's not like an improv show where we're doing bits like say comedy bang bang um which there's some historical relation with with that and, and never not funny and ucb and on all those sorts of things but it's really only it only gets really interviewee when either um, it's somebody who Jimmy's a fan of. So mm. we've had some musicians who's who Jimmy has, you know, sort of worshipped sure. uh, from his youth or whatever that we've had on the show. Um, those become a little bit interviewee. Um, and then sometimes a new uh, a new guest will be that way because Jimmy doesn't know them. You're just and, trying to get to feel. Yeah, yeah. To understand them. That totally makes a lot of sense. But the the whole premise of the show, and I, I I I believe this was the premise from the beginning. But if it wasn't, it developed after like the first year. Was funny people in the green room at the comedy show? Oh, right. So you've been there. Sure. I know I've been there. Um, you're hanging out with anywhere from two to ten people, and you're all just having a conversation. And then somebody says a thing, and then you riff on that for like two minutes. And you're silly for a minute, and then maybe there'll be a serious philosophical conversation for a little bit, or somebody be like, you know, that president, whatever. And like that's <laughs> that's the conversation that ends up happening. And so that's kind of what we're trying to recreate to a certain extent. And so we have more than just comedians. Uh, we have actors. We have um, uh, some sports casters, at least one sports caster, uh, musicians, and so forth. And you know, each of them has their own ability to to meet that that sort of um, the thing that we're trying to do. Right. Uh, to, to be present. Yeah. For the jokey or like at least because what's fun about the green room is there's also a buzz. Right. Sure. You're about to go on stage. Right. Or you just come off stage. Right. And you just had a great show and you just like, I, I can't. I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to talk about what I just did, but I can't just go home. <laughs> I wish everyone could see the body <laughs> movement you did along with that. But I think they can insinuate. Yeah, <laughs> just based yeah. on your... Well, and I'm the opposite. I Oh, really? Well, hold on. After, directly after a show, I would prefer to go sit in a corner and no one talk to me. I want to take off my makeup. Oh, I don't want to say hi to the audience. You know, so you and I both worked at sure. an improv. That's how we know each mm-hmm. other uh, initially. And people would go, okay, go say hi to your your friends. And they, you know, they didn't say that, but it was like the assumption. Basically, anyone that was going to go see you at Impro, you probably knew, you know, because it was yeah. a small enough audience sure. for the most part that you had to beg a friend to come until like a show <laughs> took like, off. Yeah, I I mean, I would say for me, there's kind of two. There's 
there's there's three levels to this. Okay. Based on what you've just described. One is like I, I also used to do shows at, at Acme Comedy on La Brea and we would do these soap operas. Oh, do... I didn't realize it was on La Brea ever. It's well, not there anymore, right? I mean, I don't know that whoever owns the building has done anything to fix mm. it, but um, it hasn't been an active theater there probably for at least three years, maybe yeah. four or five. Um, there is an Acme on uh, Coenga, which is historically connected, and the fellow who owns that owned the Acme at the end of its tenure. Huh. Um, so so you, they're, they're the same entity in, in essence, but they're different in some ways. But anyway... Um, so so there would be and I was a big proponent of this. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I find it hard to get people to do the, the marketing promotional things that I think will actually work. But um, sure. But I would I would be like if, if any director would be like, hey, you should go and, and thank the audience. Right. I would go in costume out in the lobby, say thanks for coming, blah, blah, blah. Sure. If, if I had friends who had come and for those shows, you did have the luxury of having folks who I either they were friends of other people and I was thinking, or I just, we just, none of us know, knew them. Um, but then if there were friends there, some of them are friends who came to see the show and then they're, they're out like, thanks yeah. for the great show, whatever. Now we got to go back to the kid or whatever it might be. And then, and then there are the people who either they're the other cast members or people who maybe are other improvisers or just, you know, good friends. And then you go to the bar afterwards. Right. And and so what I'm kind of referencing is that last part or hanging out backstage. There was a place. Do, were you ever familiar with Empty Stage? No. So Stan Wells was the direct the creative director of that. And he was the he was the sort of owner of it. And we would hang out at the Empty Stage. We wouldn't go to another bar most days. Interesting. Uh, and so that ended up in like sometimes there'd be parties there. I even did my you know fake version of being a DJ sometimes. Um, and, uh, and so that like, there's definitely an energy there. And it was in, it was in places like that where not only are you hanging out with your friends who watch the show, but, and the rest of the cast of the, all the shows from that night, but then like somebody break out a guitar and people would either improvise songs or just sing some songs and maybe be show tunes or maybe be something else that, you know, um, like, like a very creative world type group. Uh, and so to me, that's that's also what I'm talking about as far as from my perspective, like we just did a show, but I still got all this energy and I don't know what to do with it. So let's hang out some more. Um, there's there's that. I don't know that Never Not Funny is trying to create that. There is that. Right, right, right. But it's still it's. And that's it's, what I was referring to is that that, that kind of energy. And, and yeah. so like that's the stuff I can do. Yeah, I, I am. The worst performer when it comes to garnering audience because nah. I'll ask friends to come. I'll take that challenge. Well, <laughs> great. That sounds like exactly what we should do next. Who can be the worst <laughs> person to bring people to shows? No, to ha have you invite them to shows. So I'll invite people to shows because you're supposed to do that. Like, God, we begged oh, right. people to come to LA Theater Sports. Begged. And the thing is, is, it's not like it wasn't a good show. Mike, I had Mike Delonzo on the show, and he's like, that just goes to show you that there's so much good theater, like good comedy happening in L.A. You could have Yeah, we have a people... bad reputation. What? L.A. has a bad reputation for comedy, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't. We have it. No one's going out to it. Yeah. So I'd invite a coworker or invite a friend or whatever. It, it In reality, 
I actually didn't even invite that much because I used to for plays and ask my friends to drive out all the way to Ventura fucking County. And you know what I stopped doing? Inviting my friends to play <laughs> because people wouldn't go. Well, you, and, and you can use people up too in that way. Exactly. Like, I'm going to admit something. It's a little cynical, but I okay. definitely have done this in my life where I've taken on a hobby so that I could get new friends to invite to shows. Elliot. I have done that in my improv career. Elliot Hochberg, everybody. <laughs> Are you frigging kidding me? No, because so there's two things that I figured out. And the other thing is also kind of cynical. And you know me well enough to realize how hard this would be for me. Sure. But um, both in the time that I was in a band and for improv, uh, it did occur to me that um, encouraging people I wasn't interested in, but who were interested in me would also get people to shows. And I'm not super proud of that. And I didn't, I've never pushed it very far. And that's the one of the reasons why I wasn't very good at it. But I do watch other very successful local performers. In other mm -hmm. words, people who never made it big, but they do get people to their shows and I see what they're doing. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right. That girl really likes that guy. And he's pretending like he, he agrees with her and he doesn't. Yeah. But he wants her to come to the show. Yeah. I, don't know that I consciously did that. Sure, okay. Just to be fair. No. I don't know if I was like, because here's the thing. If I'm inviting this guy, Nick, that I know has a crush on me, he's going to come. And now I'm like, fuck, I have to deal with Nick. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, and I do. And yes, that it was a real person. But, but. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the Nick of the. No, not coast. the Nick of the show. I realized the challenge <laughs> of what I just done. We also had Nick Clark on the show. This is getting deep in there's the woods. A lot, there's a lot of Nicks, apparently. Not, not that Nick. And even this Nick was very nice. He came to see yeah. one of the shows. And then, oh, my God, that night, my ass, I almost showed my whole ass basically was visible on stage because of what I was wearing. And he was just like. Oh God! Hot! Wow, Jessica! It was like he got he got his uh, full, full admission price and then some. <laughs> but I, like, I knew of a girl in high school who loved to let people like her because it made her look cooler, or like it, yeah. it like kept a positive vibe out there, or at least someone who didn't like her said that that's what she did. I would invite I will in, I will invite people or I have invited people especially because I'm like oh this is an easy thing I'm gonna be there you could go to this thing and I, I, don't, I don't have to overly socialize this is great um, <laughs> and then I don't want to hang out with them after and that's mm, wow. really hard because you kind of have to so I will say this I've never done that with somebody who I actively either disliked or was like boy I really don't want to hang out with that person. I haven't done that, but I have done the thing where I was like, I am not as into this person as this person would like me to be into them. We've all had that, but yeah. Elliot, I'm not even saying I don't dis, I, I don't, I'm not even saying I dislike these people vehemently, sure, like, sure. but I would, I would, here's, this is where we get fucked up, especially over at Impro. I'd rather mm. hang out with my cast and yeah. I don't want to hang out with the people that came to see the show. And, and I mean, there's a line that. and we, we're better than them. We're the performers. I didn't. They're the, I'm they're not the audience. That. If no. they were as good as us, no, I'm saying this is a joke. If they were as good as us, they would be performers. And I'm too. making you feel like an asshole as a joke. <laughs> yes, exactly. Me too. It's, it's oh, good. It's, it's, a, it's a reflection. See, we're gonna have the worst. We're gonna have a really fun competition. Uh, <laughs> I. It was. It's just. I really. I wish it wasn't that way. But they. Yeah. My real friends. 
or like the people I wanted to spend time with. But it was I was addicted to improv, you know, like okay. the going that. out after or yeah. even partying at the stage after like similar. We did do that stuff, you know, that was well, fucking fun. We, we used to joke with Stan because Stan had a lot of political opinions he liked to share and things like Who's that. Stan? It was like Stan was from Empty Stage. OK, um, that um, that uh, he should start like a church or something like make make the make because, you know, all these places that we talk about, they. I have assume, a cult it, aspect. Well, I was going to say struggle with money. Ugh. And and like every, I, I assume pretty much every comedy club, no matter where you are in the United States, maybe worldwide, is, is always skirting around that problem of like, are we are we going to stay in business? None of them are comfortable. Yeah, Some everyone's them, coasting. They're yeah, they're, they're, they're closing. Yeah, yeah, totally. At, at best. And so and so, you know, well, if we became a nonprofit, which, by the way, in a very positive way, Impro has done and it's probably very smart that they did it. But right. we were thinking of it like, well, let's become a church. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then and then we can we can call our you know our shows the you know the the sermons and whatever and and it's and not a bad idea it's not the worst idea it's not a bad idea and as you pointed out a lot of these places are very culty especially if a lot of the performers trained with the head of the theater right because there there's there are other places i think they're more serious theaters as opposed to improv or comedy theaters where you're an actor and you want to be in a play and you audition for a play and then maybe you get paid a couple bucks because that's the right thing to do, but it's not a lot. And then you become part of that company because you were successful. And it's not like a cult of personality towards one person, even if there's a a creative director there who's really talented. Uh, It's not the same as, you know, in my experience with improv, there, there are folks who are performers. They know they're going to be performers, and they use they, they learn improv to either get better at writing or get better at you know, auditions or get better at just acting that sort of thing. Right, right. And then there is a very legitimate, but you still have to kind of pay attention to it. Swath of folks who they aren't really performers, but they recognize that there's a part of their job or their life where either they're not improvising their life well enough, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or they have to talk with people all the time and they're not mm-hmm. they're not as effective at it or whatever. And so they come into this to break through that a little bit. And then they discover, oh, it's fun to be funny. And I'm learning some tools that will make me funnier than I was, although I would argue. And look, if if you're a good improviser, you're not supposed to say this. So I guess I'm not a good improviser, but not everybody belongs on stage. It's just to me. To me, it's true. And OK, so so there are some folks who they're having a great time, more power to them. Nobody should have to pay to watch that. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like they've they've learned they've trained with these coaches or teachers or however you want to look sure, at it. Sure, sure, sure. The and, company like for in, in Impro's sake or whatever. Well, I, 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 I want to be careful with Impro because I think most of the folks there are performance oriented. But um, but nonetheless, Fair especially in the places that have one person teaching or maybe two, you, you, if you're coming from regular life, you're not a performer. Now you've been exposed to this drug that we've kind of been talking about. Um, this performance thing, uh, you, you see that person, you put that person on a certain kind of pedestal. It does become culty because that's what cults essentially are is you've helped my life. And now I believe everything you say. Wow. You know? And so, I think I think the only reason why comedy improv theaters aren't all cults 
is because um, none of the people who are the center of that cult of personality are, are are able or willing to go beyond that. Like a real cult wants to take all of your money and all of your um, time. <laughs> and, an, and an improv coach wants you to leave when the class is over. And that's the only reason why more improv schools do not become cults in my view. Doesn't devolve into Kool-Aid. Be- because the person isn't isn't willing to to take responsibility for your entire life. Correct, and and that's probably why they're in improv to begin with, because they don't want to take responsibility for their own life. As yeah, well. because if you don't if you improvise, you don't need to remember anything. That's the best fucking part. <laughs> I think there is something that speaks to the procrastinator in me very oh, yeah. heavily. Uh, and don't get me wrong, you know, I did do the theater thing, and I probably would again. I'd like to again, mm-hmm. though. There's not a lot of money in it. Not that there's a lot of money in improv too, but it was definitely something that I needed both for my career and for myself as a human sure. to l- just let go. Mm. But um, my, my friend Brian called me Saturday night, said I had to fire an actress. I need you to be on stage tomorrow, you know, yeah. at, at, at 2 p.m. And I said, okay. And granted, it was two scenes, but it was two scenes of full dialogue. And right. I learned it and I can, and I did just fine. It wasn't amazing, yeah. but I was great. Uh, well, I was great. I was great for not having rehearsed. I will say it's when I learned I couldn't do an English accent comfortably. Oh. That was the challenge of that. Hello. How are you doing? It was very bad. But um, it was supposed to be high, high British. It, it's supposed to be one of the sisters that comes into the apartment during the odd couple. Oh, goodness. Oh, the, the pigeon sisters. The pigeon sisters. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, hello, are you doing it? All right. I don't even know what, I don't even know. Hello. Do you want, you'd want to do a battle of bad English accents? We can do that right now if you like. Sure. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Do you know what Welsh sounds like? Oh, boy. How do you seem, this sounds like Welsh to me. I think it's something like this. I don't know. I don't know what Welsh is. It's kind of like, what's his name from King of the Hill, but British? Oh, sure. What's, who am I talking about? I know I don't know it well enough, but I know the what you're talking about. Yeah, the uh, or I'm pretending. How do you do Liverpudlian? Do you know how to do Liverpudlian? Oh. oh man, you know here's the thing. If I'm by myself and I I get into it, I could totally do it. Um, hello, nope. Hello. Um, Actually, the way the the only way I've ever able to get in is like hello, Paul. Hello, Paul. Um, I mean, oh man. Yeah. Oh, I I I. I'm a beetle. I'm a beetle. Hey, well, well, I guess so. If you really want to, people we, are we, going we, to. We can turn. all. We we can all go to the pub. Yeah, that's no. Here's <laughs> the thing. Are, people are going to turn this podcast off right now. Yeah, they're cringing a, for no, us. No, no, no. And and here's the thing. I I can't always say this, but I definitely hear how bad it is. <sighs> this is this is this. I'm similar to you that the like I could so I did as well as I did. Or, or Zach Eubank over at HyperRPG finally mm. recognized me because I couldn't do an Australian accent. I Someone tipped $10 for me to do an Australian accent as Maud Lebowski in the section where she's like vagina or whatever. Like she's just talking about vagina. You've seen the movie, right? And uh, Big Lebowski? Yeah. It's been a while. Okay, so well, I don't she's have it asking lebowski if he feels uncomfortable with the word vagina or whatever and she just like flew through the word the room are you uncomfortable with the word vagina nope oh oh, oh, my are you uncomfortable with the the word vagina here's the here's the terrible thing for me is that i've actually done some accent tapes 
And I performed as a Liverpudlian character and did fine. Yeah. I, I trained. Okay. I performed at a college. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Liver- so I'm saying, like, I can do it. But, like, but- now I can do Australian, but it's usually when I'm not really worried about it. But now that you're talking about it, you can't really do it. Well, that's the thing is, like, like look, I, I – um, this, was- is, this is painful. I was I was pretty proud of this, and I'm still kind of proud of it. Um, I did two uh, uh, animatics or like limited limited animation co- motion comics. Uh, one, um, they're they're oh I can't remember the name of the guys, but these two guys um, did sort of homages to Batman and Superman. You showed me this before. Yeah, yeah. One of them is called um, uh, oh I have to look it up. Um, I can't remember what either of them are called now. Uh, if I look at my YouTube channel, and then I can know. But anyway, uh, the thing that I did with those, the reason why I did them is because I've I've kind of long wanted to like do voiceover and, and that kind of stuff, and I wanted like a sample, and so um, and so like in my head, I would like sometimes. Oh, it was right there. Where'd it go? Come here. No, come here. Uh, Batman the Deal and God's End. So uh, Batman the Deal, it's like Batman and the Joker, and then it 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 does it lifts um, this whole uh, uh, sequence from a comedian who again his name escapes me for the end part. But basically, it's just like it gets into like um, uh, reincarnation and stuff like that. But anyhow, uh, I would read these things, and I would to myself, I would do the voices of the different characters if I'm just looking at a comic book or something like that. I'm like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So so I did the one with Batman, which has Batman and the Joker. And um and you know you, you've got you've got Batman, of course. Everybody does this Batman. <laughs> Everyone and does the, this. And then and then there's the Joker. <laughs> right? And so I did those. I think I did a good job, but there's nothing like subtle about it. Or novel. Right, exactly. Yeah, you know. So, but you got to do something that brings you joy. But where the one I was proud of was the Superman one, Hmm. because um, I worked very hard to be like, all right, Superman. There's no, there's no hook to Superman. You don't, you don't, (laughs) and then you're the Joker. It's very easy, right? Right, right. Superman is a dude, and he's a white dude. Mm -hmm. Like, there's nothing there. There's no there there. Mm -hmm. And I, and but I didn't want to just be Elliot man. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to kind of do something different. And uh, a friend of mine uh, gave, gave a really great compliment. Although it was, it was kind of a backhanded compliment. He basically, when he saw that, it was like, I didn't know you could act, uh-huh. <laughs> but I understood what he meant because it was a very subtle change. Yeah. But it was enough that I was embodying a Superman, a Superman instead of just, Elliot dude trying to be Superman right so I had to kind of like think of so I guess the point of all that is that you know in doing any of these voices you kind of have to you have to embody them in some way and if you have a lot of practice in it and you're doing it regularly then you could do the Australian accent convincingly you know and if you are a regular actor which I don't claim to be like I can act I have acted but like at the empty stage uh, I remember they were having auditions for some play, and I was like, you know what? I say I can act. I should audition for this play. 
So I go and I like memorize the lines and I do all the things. And then um, I get in there and I'm in a scene with with this guy who's like he I don't know. We, we, we had the sides like maybe two or three days. And he comes in and damn it. It was like he was the dude. And I was just trying to remember the lines. And that is a big difference. Yeah. It's a huge difference. And so that's how, like, I I have been the dude in a thing, but yeah. it, it's, it's, I don't practice it. Right. So it's harder for me than that guy who I was like, oh, that's how, what I'm supposed to be like. Like, I can mm. tell the difference between what I'm doing right now and what that guy's doing. He'll be in the play and I will not. And that's going to be fine. And I guess, like, for me, like, doing musicals is more like the thing that I can just do. Um, as opposed to being in a play. But then at Impro, you know, we do those play forms where you're improvising a play, and that's like, for my brain, that's perfect. Because I totally agree. It's just like, I get, to, I get to do all the things that you, that a good actor does when they've memorized lines, except they don't have to memorize a single fucking line. And, and then, I, but I can, I can have pathos, and I can have um, subtlety, or I can be big and whatever, and, it, and if I understand, we did... Um, Boy, my brain is not. Uh, who was uh, Bus Stop? Who was the oh. playwright Bus Stop? Ooh, Boyd. No, that was the director. Uh... Oh, I not Simon. Nope, 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 nope. It was. I'm gonna look it up. William Inge. Inge. Ah. Uh, so this is a guy. I mean, like these are not comedies, right? But because of the way Impro does stuff. Um, there is comedy in it because you're improvising. There's always going to be something that happens. But you get that moment. You get that actual acting moment. Yep. And for me, that's awesome because I didn't have to do any homework. I mean, we did do homework. Let's be clear. We did read sides. We in... rehearsed. Yeah, absolutely. But not the lines. The, right. The like way I, one might approach a version of. I didn't have stuff. to get good at at real acting in order to appear to be actually acting in those improvised shows. Sure. Like there's there's two different skill sets. Some people have both of them and I'm better at the improv than I am at hmm. the acting. Hmm. Well, and it's not this I guess this isn't surprising then based on what you're saying. Improv made me a better actor. I was a very good actor. Uh, I just needed the improv to teach me that I sh if I'm like pushing a vein out of my forehead to try and cry, I'm not acting. <laughs> I... <laughs> you're, you're doing something else. You're you're yeah. the mechanical thing that you're that you're doing. Yeah. Yes, and so improv taught me not only to be in a weird way. I feel like I did Meisner training by doing improv. I was trying to do a little Meisner at the same time, and Meisner clicked at the same time. A version like a one of the echelons of improv clicked for me, and then I went bye bye Meisner. I don't want to learn any li li like you know. I didn't want to learn any more fucking scripts. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to have to do the 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 scene where I have to get something done, but also say the lines. Fuck that shit. So not interested. And but. I also was the kind of actor before improv where I was like, if I didn't say the word exactly right, and if I didn't hit the motion exactly right, I didn't do the job. And so I would mm. go, I would walk away thinking I did a poor job. Mm, um, and it was a long time until I, I was able to walk away from an improv show, realizing that I did fine almost oh. every time. Um, but I needed, I needed to really get those reps in to finally not just like not give a fuck and that let that be my let that be my um bread and butter 
I, I will say that for me, um, I don't think that, that I, I'm a good actor. Fuck you, Elliot. I've been waiting for this whole time to tell you. No, I um, I don't think I ever got to the point where, I, I mean, I, I did a lot of improv. Um, I've never felt like like on the one hand, I'm not nervous doing improv. Uh-huh. Like when it's time to to go out on stage or whatever, I don't I don't throw up. I don't have stage fright and all like that. Like there's other performance things that I've realized. Oh, I do. That mm. actually makes me nervous. But improv mm. never made me nervous. Um, or it, like I can't remember. When debilitatingly, so. Oh, definitely yeah. not debilitatingly. But like nervous energy, maybe a little bit, but not like a like any kind of fear. It never had that when I when it's an improv show and I know what the show is and I'm going out there or. It's just a set where I may not know what games are going to play, but I'll figure it out, right? Yes, totally. At the same time, after a show, I never think it's perfect. I've never. I'm. I, you're. You're saying, oh, it's. I, I don't give a fuck. Whatever. To me, I do notice, like, oh, that scene didn't work. In fact, it's. It's still a thing where it's like, I have to manufacture not sharing that. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, so because it's yeah. not helpful to anyone else. No, no. The, especially the things you see when, it, especially when it comes to improv. Yeah, because because it's not going to be perfect. And in fact, the more perfect an improv show is, the worse the show is. That's the thing that I actually understand. And the reason being that, well, I mean, when I say perfect, I mean like it looked like it was all written and you did it perfectly. Like, sure. If you do that, then. At, at bare minimum, the audience may still be entertained. At bare minimum, you've missed out on the joy of some imperfection that then led to a thing you would never have thought of in your own brain, right? That's the minimum loss of that. And then, But then there's also the thing of like, I, I, I'm sure you've heard this before, uh, but improv is a magic trick that has to look hard a little bit. Mm. If, it doesn't look, if it doesn't look a little bit dangerous, if it doesn't look a little bit hard, then people will accuse you of scripting it and they will not enjoy it as much because they came to see an improv show. Um, and I have been in improv shows where we don't tell them it's improvised ever. And actually it's, it's weirdly freeing in a way. Cause then you don't, if, if they think it was, you written, don't need to be like, Oh my God, why did you drop the, why did you walk through the table? I just established. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, like improv does a thing with some of the shows where they go out of their way to make sure that the audience understands in a very simple way that this is improvised because they get the suggestion, but very quickly, it's not all suggestions all the time. It's like one or two, like one at the beginning and then, and then one at the, at the intermission, um, intermission. But in a sense, you need that so that, but then people will think you had a plant or whatever. And it's like, all right. I mean, if that's how you love, love, live your day, then by all means, I'm not going to. Correct. But, that took me a long time to kind of embrace. It's just like there, there has to, there have to be some imperfections. Otherwise you don't get to have the fun that improv provides. And if you, if you don't want that, then you should memorize lines. Right. So that is the, that's the challenge. I not the challenge. Um, I have seen some of the top impro performers go reminder. This is improv. Like, (laughs) Oh goodness. (laughs) Like kind of, you've seen, I've seen it like, or they're like leaning on their tropes or the things that they normally do, or they're going back to bar prof days, you know? Sure. Oh, Um, bar prof. 
And so improvise Shakespeare in Barprov. You can. I understand why it happens, mm-hmm. um, but you're, I'd rather make a huge choice and yeah. fail as opposed to let me make the safe improv choice to make yeah. people know I'm doing improv. Um, which I'm not saying that that's what happens. So I I I couldn't speak more highly about improv. It's yeah. just that no one is exempt from a critical oh, eye. There's all sorts of things like um, I've been in companies where where the um, the the creative director will say, you know, don't do bits, don't do right. don't do a joke you've already heard in the world or whatever. And then the person who does that the most is like always cast in everything. And the reason or, is because they're they're super funny and they bring people. Or the person that's saying don't do bits is the one that does bits. It could too. also be that. Exactly. Like, or you, I mean, there could be any number of things I could come up with that are that are similar. One hundred percent. My point is is like usually if someone's giving a note about something, it's because they're keenly aware of it. Sure. As opposed yeah. to so you know what I mean? That tends to be the thing. Like you tend to like take a liking to the kid on the team where you're like, I can see myself in you, son. Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you tend to be hardest on the one that reminds you a lot of yourself. Yeah. And, well, because I understand I know where you come from. I know what you did. And it's so fucked. Like, just let that person be themselves. Like, I do, I've done it. I've done it. I'm like, I get it. I get you. Oh, my God. Like, the like bleeding heart teenage girls. I'm like, I, I want to be your friend. Let me be your role model. Because I didn't have one. Or I had an older sister that wasn't really my older sister. I needed, you know. So, like, I, I get it. Like, you can almost you can almost create that crutch, too. But that's also a huge digression to what we're talking about. I think... Um, I don't know if you ever met Andrew Pierce. Very nice guy. You do know Andrew Pierce. Well, because he does so. he does the um I fucking love whiskey with Joseph Limbach. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I just I don't remember last names very well. Correct. Have you met him in person? Yeah. In fact, I yeah. saw him yesterday. Oh, okay, great. I yeah. sweetest guy. Very nice you know, man. Dropped out of the off the he dropped into Impro's lap from Canada or something. I guess okay. he's been doing improv for a long time, but then all of a sudden he was at Impro and he was part of it. Yeah. And uh, he either went through a raffle or something, a guest spot in Ripley. Okay. <laughs> the first time we had a Ripley being an all female improv group, the first time we had a male jump into our show oh, okay. was Ryan Smith. The second person okay. to jump into our sure. show was Andrew Pierce. Poor Ryan Smith. Mm-hmm. The kindest, most <laughs> very nice wa- man. Not not wanting to step on anyone's toes, wanting to make sure he's doing the right thing. You know, like like legitimately, not out of like legitimately would it, give he up. Knew, his he organs. knew it wasn't his house. Exactly. And we made it so difficult for him. It was, <laughs> well, we just don't even know if you should even like talk or it was up. So, <laughs> it was so fucked up. Oh my God. It was so fucked up. And, and don't get me wrong. Like we kind of recognized it, but I guess at this, also at the same time, if you got to do that to somebody, it is Ryan Smith because he also is going to let that happen. But yeah. Andrew kind of got the benefit of us going, let's just let Andrew do whatever he wants and that'll be fine. Uh, You're a guest. Exactly. And uh, his character uh, and my character ended up falling in love and he said something so dumb at the end, but in like a perfect improv way. Yeah. He like tied it with a bow because the, the one issue with our show, we did dystopia. Uh, and and then we realized we, we couldn't tell a three movie arc in one hour. So we sure. would be like book one. And, and so we'd only kill maybe like the minion of like uh, uh, Professor Snow or whatever. Right. So it, it always all of our stories felt unresolved to me, but that's again a digression from this 
It's completely. super tricky. Yeah. It is. It is. And, and but it's also one of my show, and I think we did the our darndest and hit all the tropes, and also did it like earnestly. Anyway, and Andrew did a great job. He sent an email, and at the time Ripley was seven women, and he complimented us each with such a thoughtful way to compliment. Like I just want to be as uh, uh, as articulate as Sarah. I want to be able to do metaphors like Amanda. I want to be able to improvise with abandon like Laurie. I want to be able to be as smart as Maddie. And I want to be able to make mistakes like Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) And I... That's was fun. so upset because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for that compliment, but yeah. it's a hundred percent an amazing compliment. It's it's one of those things where it's like there there are people who uh, I would call like force of nature type people where it's like they're doing something and I don't know, like they're self-aware, but I don't know if they can see what they're doing. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's like and, and you're like, but they don't nothing's stopping them. Mm-hmm. Right, and I am the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. I am the I, I. Oh, you could stop me? Yes, please. Yes, please. Uh, stop me for a moment and let me. Uh, yes, I will review that. Oh, okay. Oh, I should do it differently. Yes, hundred percent. Thank you very much. Oh, we yeah. were supposed to still be doing. Okay, very good. Then we'll keep going. Yeah, yeah. Which which does have its place. Both things have its place sure. on stage. I would rather be you. <laughs> I don't know when I became a force of nature. I don't think I was 100% that on stage. I think yeah. I was re- – for a long time, I don't think I did well in improv because I was trying to do it right. Yeah. I could see how that would – I mean, I'm not talking about you specifically, but I could see how trying to do improv right would was be the hindrance. Yeah. 100%. I've definitely been there. I've definitely so, been there. Instead, now I drive towards the emotion and 100% I'd rather I want to be listening to my partners, but I also want to commit to the choice I made. Sure. As opposed to, oh, you're right. Forget it. And I'm not suggesting you do that either. Um, But okay, like Edie Patterson does this. She like she'll be on stage with somebody. Uh And the second someone starts talking over her, like I just did with you, Uh she would be like, oh, what? Like, she will stop whatever she's saying and just give attention to that person completely. Sure, yes. And that's amazing improv. It's hard, but it's amazing improv. Um, I, so, look, I didn't know this was going to be an improv uh, podcast. It has been because I tend to invite my improv friends, but I'm so, uh, this has been very fun and enjoyable. Fair enough. Uh, But, like, so, the, I haven't done improv in a while now. I think the last thing I did was off book which was an improvised musical podcast. I had a blast doing that. Oh, fun. And that was that in, fun. Yeah, I think it was in 2019 or maybe even 2018. Um, but then as far as improvising on stage, I haven't in a while. And uh, I think the last performance thing I did other than that was when I did um, when I did Bumper Sticker, the musical, which I don't know if we were I'm not familiar with that, then. no. But I actually, it was it was a because musical. I had did... to memorize stuff and the whole deal. Oh, I see. Okay, it wasn't improv because I saw you do the Cthulhu musical. Oh, that's true. So, but so I think Bumper Sticker was after that because Cthulhu musical was part of Broadway LA. Right. And anyhow, so so we're having all these conversations, and and I make it sound like I'm still doing improv. I wish I was, but I haven't in a while, and. Just before the pandemic started, I was like, you know what? Um, 
it's time for me to 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 get on stage. Impro's great, but um, their 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 requirements to kind of get on stage is there's a lot more commitment than I'm willing to do, um, in order to do it. And at the time, money was not was a thing that I didn't have to do that. You I could and do I, it now. you and I ran up against the same wall there. Yeah, I mean, I like the folks there. I auditioned for something, and then it turned out there were some rules that they didn't tell me about, and I was like, well, if I had known those, I probably wouldn't have spent the time. But that's I just think like they were still trying to figure. They exactly. were still trying to figure things out, which unfortunately has adversely affected people. But at the end of the day, that's why I still would send people there. You're going to learn right. amazing training, sure. and you know what I mean. But I didn't want to. I'm not trying to go down that road. But what I, I what understand. I, but what I, what I realized was that there's a place sort of in my neighborhood with one of my first improv teachers. Uh, it's a couple, uh, Jane Machowski and uh, Jeff Machowski and Jane Morris. Um, who were from Second City, Chicago, and they they headed up Second City, Santa Monica when I was here for a while. And um, so they're, they're at this place, Fanatic Salon, over here in Culver City. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, I, I kind of contacted them and said, hey, do you have any kind of thing that would be appropriate for me to kind of just, you know, do do some workouts and, and eventually get, get on stage or whatever? And they're like, oh, yeah, totally. And then, like, literally the day, that I was going to go to the first session of the thing that we talked about. That was when the news was like, you know, maybe it's a bad idea to go hang out with more than 10 people. And they were like, yeah, we canceled the class because we weren't sure what's going on. We're trying to be, you know, we're trying to figure out things. So whatever. And then and then nothing. So so it's it's been a while. And I definitely eventually, hopefully in the next year or two, I don't know how it's going to take. Uh, we'll get back out there. But when we were talking about like the different things as far as improv goes and whatever, I I started to look at it as like a team sport mm -hmm. and everybody has kind of a position and my position is kind of cleanup. I'm going to mix metaphors probably between football and baseball and stuff. I know very little about any of them. Uh, but um, the thing that I would often do is I'm sort of watching the scenes. And if I'm not in the scene or in the next scene, depending on how the thing is structured, I'm like, I hear a thing and then somebody says something that doesn't connect mm -hmm. to a thing. And, it, and the audience, I can sort of sometimes even see the audience kind of go, wait, wasn't that character's name this, you know, or whatever. And so I would take it upon myself to be the guy who's like, who, who makes the entrance just to be like uh, package for Mr. John David Jingleheimer Schmidt. So that the John <laughs> and the David get put together and, uh, I I kind of I actually kind of enjoy that. It's almost like being the historian of the of the show of the of the session to like, but you have to be careful that you don't do that too hard, or that's the only thing you do. Right. You know what I mean. So yeah. like yeah, because even Ripley ran into that problem where people thought we had assigned roles, and then when I was trying to break out of that role, I wasn't doing it well enough. You know. So um, you can. It's, it's another problem for another day, but. Um, <laughs> Let's just put it this way. Nothing's perfect, Elliot. But, Nothing is perfect. But it is your thing that you can do well. Speaking of things that I can do well, because before we get out of this, I definitely want to talk about a different topic. And the different topic I want to talk about What an Minecraft. excellent transition. Okay, let's go. Because it, Are you going to rate me here? <laughs> well, because here's the thing. So so um, I, I, I avoided Minecraft. Because I you knew. knew, you knew, I knew you what knew. it would do and how much time it would take, uh -huh. and you had invited me to to be on one server, and and that was fun. We did that, and then it kind of uh, fizzled or whatever. Right. It was fine, and then you're like, okay, we're gonna do the Justice League server, 
and I want you to come and be on this thing. We're you're gonna you're gonna build the the thing, and then there's some there's some folks who are fans of mine. They're gonna be on there, and then we're gonna do this thing, and it's gonna be fun. I'm like, oh great, we're gonna do this thing, and then and then where is Jess? Where is Jess? I don't think I have to be on it all that much, as much as I think you think I should be on there. But, but here, here, and okay, this is real, real talk, real yeah, talk. Yeah, I'm on there building all sorts of shit. You've seen I'm some having of this stuff. a very fun time. By I'm the way. enjoying the shit out of it. You're myself. having a great time. Uh, I made a sheep thing. I'm working on something that's good. That's got cactus and. Bamboo I was dreaming and about your sheep thing the other day. Oh, I were really you? Was. Yeah, I, it's I amazing. Couldn't, I couldn't be there for that. But, like, I kind of... No, I, I was dreaming about it. Oh, you were dreaming... What? <laughs> I thought you were streaming about it because you said that you might share it with you. Wait, wait, I, why? I, what? I, it's that impressive. Oh, that's very sweet. Uh, I definitely... And, and the sheep are adorable, and they get in the way all the time. Um, and I just was watching this. If you look on my Twitter, I just reposted a, um, a video of this, this young lady who's... She's on a farm, and she's got some emus. Like, they're mm. like ostriches. And the and the emus are like that keeps on hitting the uh, the, the, the camera. The camera is so yes. funny. E- Emmanuel is it was a yes. missed opportunity. Emmanuel is the emu's name, and it should no. have been Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Fair enough. But there's one video where she's like, "Okay, fine, go ahead, kill it." And I was just like, "That's like what the llamas are doing in Minecraft. It's, they're not real. They're not real." But um, here's here's I I think this is really true, and this is. This may be marketing Elliot telling you this. Mm-hmm, I don't know mm-hmm. if this is this should be on a, a podcast. That's okay. But, I don't. Hey, I don't edit this way. Right? So that's fair. So um, your fans want to hang out with you, right? And and so what I've noticed is I I did it because like I knew the reason why I wasn't doing it is because I knew. That once I got into it, I would decide to do this, and I would decide to do that, and I would, right. I would build a house, and I would build a machine. I've got another machine that I want to build. I want to build a um. You can take a, <laughs> you can take a zombie spawner, which I have two of near my base. You can take a zombie spawner, and you can use it to make drowns, which are the underwater zombies. Oh. And when they convert into drowns, then you murder them. You can get copper. I can create a copper farm, which I'm going to need so because I'm smart. using a bunch of car- copper. So I and and I also That's discovered so smart. And then I also discovered that um, I I have blue flowers in part of my base. I need okay. blue. I need blue dye to go with the green dye to make cyan dye, cyan, so I can yeah. make cyan con- uh, cement or concrete for the base, the big base. The I'm going to pow- build the tower. You're going to make. The, I'm making three towers. So. But here's the thing. I'm on there all the time for my own reasons. Like, I'm just doing it. But I noticed that um, the other folks, they were really excited. They built a bunch of cool stuff. And then Jess wasn't there. And then they have other stuff to do. And so I think I think some of the folks are on there from time to time. But I'm the only one who's regular. Like, there's I, I shouldn't complain because I never have to worry about, like, it being night and I have to wait for somebody else to sleep or something like that. Sure. This has become a Minecraft thing. And if you don't play Minecraft, you're going to be like, what is this baseball? What are we talking about? I think there's enough crossover, but also I think people don't give a shit about improv too. So they, <laughs> yeah. they've already stopped listening. And the Minecraft people may not get to hear. <laughs> that's, that's, I should, I should do markers for each episode, but yeah. this is going to be my answer to you and why I don't do markers for this episode as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have too much. Yeah, I there's, get that. There's, there's multiple actually. There's multiple answers, and neither of them is an excuse. 
just kind of where I'm at.、Mm. I tried to get into that server and fucking like it. And every time I tried to find a place to, to live, I, it, it wasn't working. It was、okay. painful. So the inspiration hasn't been there. Sure, sure. Now, I hear you just go and like encourage, encourage people to, to be there, tell people when I'm going on.、Um, Or even you know, just, make, just make a crummy base, but be like, this is Jess's base. And then today I'm going to do this one thing. And if you're there, we can say, Ally, you can show me what you've been doing. Because you don't actually have to build anything on the server, by the way. You know that, right? I want to. That's how well, that's, I play Minecraft、great. and I enjoy and it's totally it. Totally great. But I'm, what I'm saying to you is if you were touring the other people's bases on your stream, they would, they would go there and build stuff. Which we did, by the、yeah. way. So, but、yeah. I just don't know that anyone's built anything since then. But、I you, hear you. It, it's, it's a chicken and egg sort of situation. Yes. I so I think what I'll say is this it's good feedback and、yeah. may increase this is, my. This is, this is the perfect venue for it. <laughs> well, no, who gives a shit? I don't、not、know.、Right. I want to talk about the real stuff. You were the one who taught me not to edit out stuff. This is, this is good. This is, this is content. <laughs>、um, I, you're encouraging me to, to maybe put a little more thought into it. I tend to play video games when I'm hot on it. And I'm always hot on Minecraft, but then I get cool on it and、mm-hmm. then I come back to it. Yeah,、right. um, and, I, and I created the server before I was hot on it again, if that makes okay, sense.、Sure. That's, not, that's not to say it wouldn't be fun if we all played, because it was fun when we all played on that other server before as well.、Yeah. Um, I got hot on Vampire Survivors. I got hot in Minecraft Dungeons because when I was in Chicago, it was actually a two,、uh, a, co- a couch co op game I could play、right. with my boyfriend. So、mm-hmm. these games, just I'm a little bit obsessed with them at the moment.、Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, you, don't, I- you don't put 1,800 hours in Minecraft in over three years without trying. So、sure. the problem is, I haven't done that in a few months. I haven't been on any of those servers that you were doing all that on. So I haven't even seen, like, I barely saw. I,、uh, I think you had a,、um, you had a、uh, what do they call it? A trading hall or whatever, right? I had never actually seen the merchants, the, the, the villager merchants used in that way until I got a brief look on your stream. Oh, sure. That, and that's on my personal server. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I will say that for me personally, I was like, Okay, look, do you watch Hermitcraft? Mm mm.、Uh, I, do. I don't watch anyone do anything, by okay, the way. Okay, fair enough. I watch way too much YouTube, I think, probably. But... I watch YouTube for, like, oh, how should I do this? How should I do this? But、right. only、uh, site specific. And, 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 and by the by, if you look in the Discord、hmm. in the Minecraft channel, I did put a little clip, like a 30 second clip of my. I have a test server now because I have to. <laughs> In order to build these freaking things, you're insane to me.、Um, but if you go in there,、uh, you'll see a little clip of my green dye farm, which is half bamboo, half cactus. And I came up with a system. Can bamboo do green? So bamboo is fuel. Ah. So what I have is, and I, I insisted on not having、um, uh, hopper minecarts running all the time.、Mm. I didn't want that. I wanted it to be a water system. So, what I have is I have a thing where there's all these、uh, redstone lights 
and all these observers and you can make as many as you want in creative. So I just went to town and the whole thing goes at the same time. Six columns of bamboo all go at the same time. That triggers a hopper minecart to go around and pick up the stragglers. Then the hopper minecart um, docks into a spot where it empties out all of its contents and then it gets sent back and then it stops. So it's not going all the time. And then I have two dropper systems, which I had to look up and then I had to figure out how to combine a dropper system and the hopper minecart station so that it would all work together because they were very, they had to be very compact and close together. And, and then also have it have some style to it a little bit. Somebody said it looked kind of like an Apple store, which I think mm. is fair. Um, so I'm doing all that stuff. Where I'm getting my inspiration is from watching Hermitcraft, which Hermitcraft's been going for, I think, 10 years, at least like six or eight. And what they do is they have every they, they've sort of developed, I think. I don't think it was originally like planned this way, but they would like make their first base and then they would make a bigger base. And then as uh, time goes on, they make like these mega bases. And then some of them are focused on design and the other ones like there's this one guy. Um, he's he's goat, but I don't remember. Oh, Doc 77. Who did a thing where he he built a machine that um, emptied out an entire, I think it's more than a chunk, like 128 by 128 or something something of that size, all the way to bedrock and made this giant opening. And so he's very technical. There's, there's something called the SciCraft server where they do things like, and I think we've talked about this at some point, but... They do things where they take advantage of little little niches in the code, essentially, where they figure out glitches and they take advantage of them. They, wow. I, I, don't, I don't know if they were the people who figured out how to get above bedrock in the nether. Because if you go to oh. the top of the nether, you can. there's a way that you can use um, ender pearls to teleport <gasps> through. And then you can use a combination of dynamite and something else to break up to break one of the the um the bedrock blocks and i have to assume by the way that mo yang like they they may not have intended any of this but then they're like oh that's cool we won't fix it yeah 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 i'm sure that's right as long as it's not fucking up their code anywhere else and as long as it's not an exploit because like there was a thing which i think i told you about that in 118 you could you could put a full stack of gold in a furnace and then you keep clicking it and it would just give you experience like that was a <laughs> it was just a glitch that i a YouTube video comes up, I'm like, oh, I'll try that. Oh, it totally works. All right, now I can do this thing, which if it was a competitive server, I wouldn't have done. But because we're just having fun and we still want to have the danger of zombies and stuff like that, it didn't bother me. But um, but I watched those, the Hermitcraft stuff, and granted, those folks, a lot of them are doing this for a living, right? So right. they're putting out a video yes. a week. They're yes. spending 30 to 40 hours between playing and editing, and maybe some of them even have somebody else who's editing their videos for them. Um, there's something so, to that as well. Yeah. But I watched that stuff and like, like I kind of wanted that a little bit. And I, I did kind of think that if you were going to be on the server, we we're going to be on there together. We would like do a thing. You even talked about, you talked about wanting to have a, um, currency, a currency. And you, and I think you briefly said something about having a marketplace or, a or, a uh, and you built it and I built it and nobody's there to use it. And it's one of those things where it's like, I really don't want to be sad. I'm trying really hard not to be sad because I did enjoy the process. And I have the folks who've watched the handful of folks who watch my uh, Twitch and and they enjoy the process and they give input and stuff like that. And and so that's great. I enjoy that and I'm enjoying what I'm doing. But at the same time, it's like it's a missing component. 
and I have to be I have to be circumspect because, you know, the the, the besides you and me, all the other folks on there, I don't know if any of them stream. And Some of them do, but again, I th- I think you're right. Like my lack of participation in there is not a motivator. Is a motivator. You're, to you're the cult leader, Jess. To bring uh... this full circle, you're the cult leader. Are you going to lead your cult or not? Yes. <laughs> is the answer. And 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 will you I'm treat them? Go- will you I'm treat them right? I'm not even gonna right? pack tonight. I'm not even gonna pack tonight. Now I'm gonna fucking go on Minecraft. Jesus, my- <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, well, at least I could sell you. You got me. You did. You got me. You fucking got me. You've been look. This is why I've been avoiding a conversation with you for three months, and I fucking knew it was gonna be about this. And I was like, oh, let me have on my show. This will be fine. <laughs> this I'm is kidding. gonna be fine. Well, this was as uh, delightful as I I wanted it to be. Um, And you're totally right. I will play more on our Jestic League uh, city. Jestic Jestic City, right? I fucked up. I didn't put an E. Oh, that's true. Um, But so so if people want to watch you be mad at me on your stream, where (laughs) how can they find you? So everything is at ElliotHokeberg.com. That's the easiest way to get all the stuff. But I am uh twitch.tv slash elliot hokeberg i am twitter.com slash elliot hokeberg so those are those are my handles there at elliot hokeberg uh when i stream i go on there and then of course everything uh never not funny is uh never funny.com which i do encourage you to check that out it's completely different from what, what you just heard we, oh, we yes. no we, we don't talk about improv and we do not talk we definitely don't talk about minecraft I imagine that's true. So I'm oh my I god, can... Jimmy's face would glaze over so hard. <laughs> he would be a hard candy shell of glaze. Oh god, I can I can picture that now. Yeah. I'm glad I could give you that outlet then, Elliot. This is the face. Uh-huh. He would absolutely uh-huh. do that. Yep. Which is a combination of I don't understand this and why is this happening? I I don't I wish this wasn't happening. <laughs> and, and it, yes, and I wish this wasn't happening. That's yes. amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh well, this was my pleasure. I thank you for having me on here. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know because I listened to some of the Nick episodes. I thought I was going to have to answer some hard questions or something. But instead, I, you had to answer the hard questions. This is true. I, I, again, I'm open. I, I'm someone who has has told the world that I'm willing to be corrected and can change. I want to learn on my feet. And you fucking just made me do that. Uh, the, since we haven't had Nick, he's the one that I got to grill. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with other people, what I just saw it as an opportunity to a hang out with people, get sure. the world, get, you know, introduce people that I, that like me to know people I like. And, and similar to Dak Shepard, if the conversation, I think he has an agenda sometimes, but mm-hmm. not in a, wholly negative way but you know how some people can say things before they realize oh i'm on a podcast and (laughs) like jason bateman i could hear like one of them like there was a big chunk of time missing between one (laughs) statement and another i'm sure something got said but i want to have a candid conversation and even if it doesn't fit the the uh idea of generations we'll get back to it when nick's back from parental leave so paternal leave uh this was exactly what i wanted it to be fantastic fucking fantastic fantastic i'll see you i'll see you on our server in a little bit (laughs) yes and by the way before we go if you are a jess fan and you're on that discord there check out the minecraft server yeah we'll do things there 
when I'm coming back in town from Comic Con, I'll make sure we'll we'll do it. We'll do a um return return to justice stream. Yeah, we'll make that it our fun. own little comic animatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was trying to do the Joker. <laughs> oh, I can do that laugh all day long. Oh, it, it's not bad. It's good. Thank you. All right, bye, Elliot. Bye, Jess. That does it for this week, Nichols. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of You Don't Know Nick. There are many different ways you can support our podcast. One of them is going to youdon'tknownick.com and finding out all the different places you can listen to our show. You can also follow us on Good Pods, which is basically Instagram for podcasts. Not only can you follow your favorite shows, you can listen to them right there in the app. If you're interested in finding some You Don't Know Nick merch or Jessica Lynn Verde merch, go to subtlegeek.spreadshirt.com. And if you're not already consider becoming a patreon member you can get exclusive swag and early access releases to episodes if we're able to get them to you in a timely manner go to patreon.com slash you don't know nick and if you haven't already leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts see you next week nichols